What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. Is there no air horn for you today? I don't know. We got to put that in. All right. That, that, that I didn't works. know this was a, an air horn podcast. I, I wasn't sure if it was, but it feels right, <laughs> man. It's Friday. Friday at four. All podcasts. <laughs> Is it good podcasting slash radio if I talk about how great the weather report is for the next week? Please <laughs> do. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to say right now, it's like I'm such an optimistic time where it's like <clears throat> warm out every single day for the next 10 days. Arguably for the entire rest of the spring slash summer, we are over the hump. We're going to have some good times. I got my guy, Ryan Konigsberg, seated all the way over there on the other end of the couch. Bringing Friday vibes only. <laughs> it is Friday vibes, man. I'm telling you, all day I'm riding with them. And then, of course, the guy who's permanently living with Friday vibes. It's mm. Zach By, one half of Stokely and Zach, and in his fourth season doing the Mile High Hoops uh, podcast. A man who needs no introduction at Zach By. What's up, man? I'm super pumped to be here. Uh, fan of you guys, friends of, of uh, your friends of mine. So I'm excited to sit down here. Excited to have you, man. And I think we have some good topics here. We're going to obviously get into some Nugget stuff. Um, we're going to get into some Mount Rushmore stuff. Really quick, Adam and I have been wanting to host a show together for... Two and a half years. Yeah, we've been talking <laughs> about it. This is our first show, yeah. and we wanted you as our first guest. So This is going to be a trivia question in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm the one sitting closest to the camera, like of anyone here, and I still look small next to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we do have, people don't know, Zach is uh, tall, and he's a hooper. I am a hooper. Well, not so much within the last year going through stuff that all hoopers into their <laughs> 30s go through, but man, yeah, about every day for 15 years at least. It was my life. How long do you think, because I know guys, I play basketball with a guy who's I think 66 years old. Yep. I play in a league with him. Yep. He's just a corner three-point shooter. He plays the top of the zone, and if you dribble around him, you're, he's beat. <laughs> yeah. He's like a decoy where people don't always figure that out. I, I want to do that. He's an inspiration mm -hmm. to me. I want to play basketball till I'm 70 years old. Basketball does something for me, fires endorphins that nothing yeah. in this life will ever provide for me. And I have awesome things in my life, wife, kids, golf, yeah. friends. Basketball is, was always different. I think the three of us could take any group of three media and three on three. Mm. Um, no, it's mostly you two, but I, <laughs> I can I can space the floor a little bit. I don't even know who the contenders would be. Come on. Work. Light, go, light work, baby. Light Come work. on, light work. Um, I don't know if there's another sport. Like, I don't even play football anymore. It's like rare. Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, it used to be Thanksgiving. I don't even play that anymore. I, I don't know the last Yeah, golf. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, we would play football in the street or in fields. I have to tell you, I've been driving around uh, as an adult for 15 years. I don't slow down for kids playing football <laughs> in the street anymore. This is I don't. Terrifying. I don't see people oh, playing okay. football yeah. in the park. Like right. that used to be a Ooh. thing. I just don't see that taking place anymore. Anecdotally, I've noticed this too. We were just talking earlier about like the different basketball leagues that I've been playing with my whole life, and yeah, it's like we've all gotten older, and it's the same teams. Mm. But I don't see yeah. the next yeah. wave of like the young kids in the leagues anymore. So damn, millennials ruining everything. They do, really do doing man. this, <laughs> just playing their video, their video games and their music. <laughs> and damn their kids. Um, <laughs> Um, the songs sound the same. <laughs> um, we're going to get in. I want to talk about the Denver Sports Mount Rushmore and kind of get your guys' perspective because I don't know if you guys seen this, but Jokic, he's going to win his second MVP. We yeah. got the tracker. This was one of those things where I, I honestly thought it was going to be closer. I believe 51 votes are in, and Jokic has 35 or 36 of the first place yeah. votes. It's over. It's over. I'm sorry, it's, it's over. over. Unless there's like somehow they've only counted the Jokic ballot and like it, it's something else. But, I, you know, Jokic is going to be a two-time MVP. So I kind of want to get into the first question, kind of fun topic of conversation is the Denver Mount Rushmore of sports, like the all-time greatest, four greatest athletes. I think there is one – no, I think there's 
Yeah, just yeah, I'll say two locks. There's two locks on this. The first lock is the easiest one. It's John Elway. Yep. Any objections here? Zero. Nope. And, and 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 any list that doesn't start with John Elway is the wrong list. Absolutely. Can he ever ever be unseated as the like Denver sports icon? Because to me, if you said like Denver sports, John Elway. Well, okay. So he, think of it this way: John Elway, two championships as a player, yeah, one championship as an executive. Man, we this executive part really he, matter that he much? He gets it. Uh, he has to get credit for bringing Peyton Manning here. Like, but we, what about him as a player? You, I, he made it to three Super Bowls before he ever won his first, right? Right. For sure. yeah. Like, what other quarterback has played in five Super Bowls? But what I was gonna say is, Joe Sackick, two Stanley Cups right. as a player, has mm. a chance to add one as an executive. Now he's not going to unseat him, and I don't think really anything you can do as an executive right. would ever be able to vault you over John Elway, but I think it would put him in a solid second in terms of impact on Denver sports. Both guys brought three t- championships here. Well, there is something to John Elway stretches across three generations. And when I say generations, like my grandpa mm. followed John Elway, my dad followed John Elway, and I, as a kid, followed John Elway. And then you could even stretch it into another one, as you're mentioning here, as, a, as an executive. So the entire city grew up with him. Like Denver, before John Elway arrived, was almost a different place. historical yeah. place, you know? And so that's why, and Sackick has a little bit of that, and that he came over, obviously, the turn of the century, and there, Denver has evolved a lot, and he's still here. But Elway, to me, just spans like 40 years of Denver sports history. And as all three of us know, if you walk into any diner, bar, anything in Denver, those people are all Broncos fans. Yeah. You can't say the same thing about the Avalanche. Sure. You know, it's just, you know, they're, they're, the Avalanche have an incredible fan base, but it's, it is a fan base. Yeah. Broncos fans is just the city. I I think up until about seven weeks ago, John Elway was still the face of the Denver Broncos. And I think that, Mm. seriously, and we had these conversations openly, and and it's obviously debatable, but forget if you were to leave Colorado and talk to someone in Pennsylvania and said, who's the first thing you think of with the – you might still go to John despite him playing his last game in, what, the early 99. Right. I think – I mean, that's definitely – that's definitely true. Peyton Manning was so big that he almost like – He had his moment, but I think it was – it was a he shorter was in moment. And then out. You but he's so, I mean? he, but Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. I think he's just more famous than John Elway. He outside is. of he Denver, is. oh like totally in, in the world. I think inside of Denver. He's cooler. I think I, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we we and and I know you saw this. Like, and a lot of outlets were asking the question during the time where Peyton and John were both uh, questioned to be in ownership, and with a sample size of thousands and thousands yeah. of votes, nine out of every ten people were wanting Peyton involved. Mm. It was stunning. Yeah. It's like, how, how could this be? But but he's, like, cooler. He's more charming. He's right. funnier. Like, it's you know, he's he's the guy that you want in the front of it. Yes. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. And, Pey- and Peyton, you're talking about people who have won MVPs as you talk about Jokic right. really entering this discussion. Um, you know, Peyton is one of these guys who has won an MVP in Denver that won a Super Bowl in Denver. Right. But as I know you're going to get to, the, we do not have a two-time MVP. Right, right. We so, do. He just hasn't gotten the second yeah, trophy yet. Yeah. But isn't that hard to believe that like John won one MVP in 1987? Joe Sackick, Larry Very Walker, Peyton, TD. You can go through it. And there, for, for Denver to be uh, have the heritage from a sports perspective as it does with parades and cups and trophies, for there to be never a two-time winner is kind of interesting and i think the craziest part is if you would have said the first one's going to come in the nba right right, right. Like the biggest that would have been the worst odds you would have possibly well, well said even if you would have put this out honestly in 2018 you know Jokic is still playing and if you would have been like yeah then a nugget will be the first two-time mvp they'd be like no way, <laughs> no way. Who's it gonna be we've never seen it. like no he's actually on the team over here um but i want to stick with elway for a bit 
because he's a great player and he has a storybook career. Like he really does in the culminating with two back to mm-hmm. not just one but back to back titles getting over the hump yeah. getting over the hump like that and um and again how he grew up and he was the only show in town you know it was him Broncos Nuggets but Broncos obviously so big and i wonder like should we handicap it because of that like that he had this leg up of he came around at a time when there was no there was nothing else and yeah. this or that i don't know but i i do feel like it's almost unfair. You you would almost say like no one will ever pass Elway. I hate whenever we have a no one will ever pass this person in sports because to me sports are always about like pushing things forward. I don't think so. I think that he can be passed. Wow. It but it just it all comes down to championships. Yeah, that's it's true. the only possible way you can pass him. Like I don't. If you tie him in like, championships, it probably it's not enough. Yeah, to yeah. Still Elway. But you if you beat him in championships, if someone delivers three championships yeah. to the city, I think they have a chance. Now you're tr- you're you're right about the whole thing of like how Elway spans generations. It's, and I had right. never really thought of it that way, but it's true. Like. Like the way that John Elway like impacts like my mom right. could mm-hmm. never be matched by anyone right. else. You know, like even if Jokic delivers three championships to Denver, it's he won't even come right. in the same stratosphere as John Elway to my mom. But I think that's the only way, and and I do think it's actually possible if someone were to do it. If Russell Wilson were to bring three championships to the Broncos, I think that he would legitimately have a case. Wow. Of, I think it's I, I think three championships. Maybe it just is, sounds so it feels so weird to it's be. It's not like, crazy. It's not crazy. And and you know, I think that with John and and this is an important part of it, like if it, quarterback is the most talked about position yeah, in all of sports. Yeah. If you were to ask Colin Coward per se, right, who the five greatest quarterbacks of all time is, John still gets love on lists like that. So mm-hmm. it's the championships. It's an MVP box that's been checked, but it's also like sustained greatness that he's in these GOAT conversations from coast to coast. And I don't know. I think there's one guy who could have a shot at passing John, and a lot would have to go right in the next five to six years. But Nathan McKinnon, mm. Um, mm. The, the, the spot that he's carving for himself with the possibility of team success right. um, is, a, is a really good uh, name to, I guess, keep an eye on, career to keep an eye on. I want to uh, – let's put that on hold for one second because I want to get to sort of the contenders here as soon as we establish the list. Elway and Sackick, and we spent a little bit of time on Sackick, but, I mean, you know, also a great winner. I mean, yep. this is a big part of it. Yep. There, does charisma in this play into it at all? Like, I always wonder about Patrick Waugh, Peter Forsberg, or the other guys that you could, for me, put on that list. Right. And Sackick is the first one I will put on the list. Waugh might have been the better player at his position. You know, he yeah. might have the greatest goalie I mean, of all time, but yet Sackick is the more of the shoe-in. So does charisma play into this? Well, I don't think Joe Sackick has that much charisma. Oh, I do. I mean... It's like Kevin Costner, man. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's not players, charisma as in, like, he's cool, he's, or, like, funny, or this or that, like Peyton Manning. He's just charisma as in he, looked, he just seems like... I have so much confidence in him. Yeah, no, that's true. And I, but I, to me, I think it's the captain's patch that kind yeah, of maybe. allows him to elevate over those guys. You ask anyone, they'll say Forsberg, you know, was the more talented, talented player. Yeah. Like you said, Patrick Waugh is arguably the greatest goalie of all time. No one says Joe Sackick's arguably the greatest center of all right, time. Right. But he was the captain of the team. You know, he had the clutch gene. Yeah. You know, he and kind of like you mentioned, he just had this thing about him. Was yeah. like, oh, that's our guy. He's the leader. You know, like as a kid. Like, people always say, oh, like, I was a Forsberg guy, especially, like, people that are a little bit older than me. And I'm like, I was a Sackett guy, but I think it's just because, like, I was a kid, and I'm like, oh, he's the captain. He's the right. guy. And, and Sackett won an MVP as well, I right? Think, I think I, so. I, 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 I'm pretty sure it was Forsberg and Sackett. Each got one. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure each got one. I know no, Forsberg did. 
and n none of them more than once. But yeah, I mean, I, what I, year was it? Yeah, here, look it up. For I us. think it was 2000. I want to say because okay. they went back to back, right? 2000 and two, or no, it was it was one in between. I think there okay. was championship. The, well, they the went 96 and 2001 were okay. the championships. Okay, but they were you know they won the division every single year. And like the reason why I bring up that three three championships number is because I think when a team wins three championships with one guy. You can start to use the word dynasty, which is a word we've mm, never been right, able to use. You're in right. Denver. Yeah, that's never right. been able to call a team a dynasty here. His MVP, second okay, one, 2001. The heart. Yep. So like, no one that's we've never been able to do that before. That that Avs team was the closest. They could have gotten three, four, five. They got two, and obviously the Broncos won back to back. But then LA retires and it just dissipates. So if if one of these guys was able to deliver three championships in six years or three championships in five years, that's a dynasty, and they were the face of it. See, yeah. I, I think there's only one team that can qualify for that right now, like it, in the terms abs. of a reasonable forecast, right. and it's the Avs. I don't think there's really anyone else in the discussion because who the Broncos' neighbors are in the AFC West, which is going to be the most competitive division we've seen in years. If and they then, knew it, would be historic. Maybe, yeah, for yeah. Sure. but it's also the context of the AFC, like all right. the other AFC quarterbacks, like the 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 bracket on that. That side yeah. of the um, league is just going to be treacherous. So if the Broncos get one with Russ, I think that we could start there. Um, the Rockies obviously aren't a part of this conversation. And the Nuggets, I just think uh, in, in the NBA specifically, um, I just can't, you know, I'd have to tie my brain into a pretzel right. to go there. So I think dynasty for sure. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I don't know. I keep thinking like they have the best player in the league. So like. But it's fleeting. I will say that. Like how much longer do you think Jokic will be an MVP? Like. Contender. I mean, it could be two, three, five, four years. He's twenty-seven. At thirty-two, is yeah, he going to be? Like, I don't know. He'll be great. He'll still be a great player. But will he be like winning MVP? If anyone's game can age yeah. well, yeah. he plays below the rim. And I had this conversation with myself uh, on the Mile High Hoops podcast last season. It's like. If you were going to draft a player for the next 10 years, who would you rather have, Nikola Jokic or Giannis Antetokounmpo? And there's reasonable minds can disagree, but I think the side of Jokic that, um, again, is is reasonable. He's, right. He does not rely on his yeah. athleticism. He is totally a neck-up player. Um, and, and I just think that... Is it crazy that Jokic could be competing for an MVP when he's 31 years old? I, I don't think it is. 31, no. 32, it's just if you go <laughs> historical precedent, it's just very, very, very right. rare. For yeah, it is. It's almost always the MVP is like the next best player. You know, like they'll, they'll take Derrick Rose, took it from LeBron. It was, he wasn't the best player, but taking it mm -hmm. uh, kind of the next generation. So, all right, but I want to get back to this. Elway and Sackick are penciled in. Are their locks in? I think Patrick was. There's very few players that you could look at and say, were they the best at their position? Mm. And they won. So he won, and he's. you could easily make a case that he's the greatest goal, goaltender of all time. So to me, I look at that and I go, do we have the greatest quarterback of all time? Probably not nope. as great as John Elway was. Do we have the greatest center, point guard, whatever? No. Greatest goalie, I think Patrick Waz is on the Mount Rushmore. You just sold me. Uh, like, I, <laughs> I might have... Yeah, you winced it first. <clears throat> I just was thinking... But you sold me. That's the only one that we can really claim goat status yeah. uh, would be Patrick Waugh, greatest goalie of all time. And it's a and position, it's not an too. inconsequential position. No, like, yeah, it's not like yes. the best right fielder or something of this. No, it's like, hey, right. he was the goalie. And right. that, you know, that early run 
for yeah. the abs never happens without Patrick Waugh. For sure. Bar none straight up. You want to know what's a shame um, for me as someone who watches the Rockies and roots for the Rockies is that um, if we were having this conversation five years from now, Nolan Arnato should yeah. should have been uh, squarely in this conversation uh, as, as, yeah. as the uh, first ever infielder in the National League to start his career six for six winning gold gloves. This is also a guy who's silver yep. slugger, led the league at RBI, all this yeah. stuff. And it's just like, man, he was going to be Literally talking about greatest player in his position. That's why he comes to right. my mind. Um, and it's obviously a shame. It that, sucks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. But not. I also feel like there's no argument for Arenado to be on the Denver no, sports no. by Rush Nope, there's not. He doesn't have an MVP. He doesn't have a championship. So when you put him side by side against someone like Wah, it just falls drastically short. One playoff win? Yeah. yeah against the Cubs. Against the Cubs. success. And that's yeah. the other thing. He's Nope. I mean. Nolan's hitting 200 in his playoff career. Yeah, like right, he hasn't right. been. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate point. Okay, so we've got three. So uh, we got three. There's a fourth one that to me is the most. I don't think if you got 10 Denver diehard Denver sports fans, you would get 10 different answers or close to it. Yeah, I lean TD. Yeah. Um. Now longevity, you know, plays a role. Super here, short, but dominant. You could say that he's the best playoff running back of all time. You can make mm. that argument. Um. Obviously, Super Bowl. You know, two-time Super Bowl champion, MVP, and Super Bowl MVP. Right. He's got all that stuff. I would give it to him if we're not putting Jokic there because right. I think that it's only a matter of time before that's his. So I'm going to bring another name up, and I wouldn't have brought him up unless you brought up TD, but I don't think anyone burned as bright over a four-year period uh, than Peyton Manning who won yep. a league MVP, which I think is harder to do than being a Super Bowl one-off sure, right. game MVP, yeah. um, went to two Super Bowls, won one. It's the most explosive offense of all time. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but <laughs> in Manning's three, three years, not counting the last year. Not counting the Super Bowl year. <laughs> not counting the Super Bowl year, but three of his highest touchdown totals of right. his career, three of the four are in yeah. Denver. They were unbelievable. I mean, they were unbelievable years. Like the. I, I never had more confidence, I don't think, in the Denver Broncos. Even if you go back to like 97, 90, than I did with those first two. It's like shocking TV. when they lost. It, it was, was shocking so sho when they punted. So it, it, that's yeah, what I was going right. to say. It was shocking when they punted. It was such a machine. And he had the Jokic factor, too, where, and this, I, I hate to brag, it wasn't always this way in the playoffs, but it, in the regular season, he had this thing where he would just look around. It just kind of felt like, you guys are playing checkers, man. Like, yeah. he don't. All these teams would just be falling, jumping at shadows every single every single pass, every single possession. To me, he's the single closest sports comp you can make to Jokic. I mean, the way that he yeah. just looks at it and is like, "Oh no, this is easy." Wasn't you terribly go there, gifted. You go there. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. from a physical standpoint, he wasn't yeah. you know beating anyone in a race. He wasn't throwing the football the farthest. Like that's just not how we operated. Yeah. It was the greatest thing. I mean, everybody made a big deal of the Omaha, Omaha, right? But, but it was always the biggest deal when he'd start pointing at something and he'd Do be like, "I don't being, know what's gonna happen." Then he, yeah. would, it would be right there, and he'd be like, "Yeah, he's like literally telling you what's gonna happen." Do you remember being on the other side of that? Of course. When the Broncos are playing the Colts in the playoffs, and you just see Peyton walk up to the line and start pointing, and you're just like. We're so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are so screwed. So by this logic, then, that you were talking about the executive, I mean, Peyton Manning might involve himself in this Broncos conversation in years to come. Like, would that affect his <laughs> his entry onto Mount Rushmore if he became an owner or, you know, in some car, a decision maker? Yes. I'll say this, though. If, we're ta if owners are included, then Pat Bowen probably deserves a spot See, on this. See, that's why I think this is a slippery slope. Like, yeah. I think there's oh, got to be some too. sort of line Shana of demarcation. Yeah. yeah, like, I think there's got to be some sort of out outline and parameter for the I conversation. I agree, too. That's why I throw out Sackick's executive part. My thing is, this. though, it extends the legacy. So yeah. you get an opportunity here where 
Peyton Manning, you know, our biggest thing with him would be longevity. Yeah. But if he comes back into the fold and has a, a hand in another championship, just like mentally, you're like, oh, Peyton Manning, he was a part of the Broncos for a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know? Right. I will say one of the funny things I do, I respect Larry Bird more because of how good of a coach and executive he was. Mm. Nobody does the trifecta. Nobody does. Mm. Most players are terrible GMs. It's so or true. horrible coaches. Or like Just look at the LeBron. good coaches are like bit players <laughs> or the say yeah. But somehow he was a great coach. Went to uh, went to a, the NBA finals. It went to the finals. He was a great executive and made like really smart. The same with Jerry West. I look at that and I go across eras. This That's guy a great somehow point. did things, and it makes me more impressed with them as opposed to like Isaiah Thomas, who's a great obviously player and then was a horrible coach, horrible GM, and yeah. like this. You think MJ. like MJ, yeah. like what did you really know if you are <laughs> oh, Adam Morrison? Everybody tried to talk you out of him. You still picked him. Like what are you doing? So um, so Manning, if he to me, I. As much as I, you're right, it's a slippery slope, part of me is like if he came in and just built another dynasty a la Sackick, I'd almost be like, that guy gets football on this level we don't, we mortals can't possibly comprehend. It's fair. Yeah. I, I think uh, if the, the farther you uh, extend the conversation, Nikola Jokic's prominence in the conversation, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, well, no, I was going to say, I, I think it grows. Really? I, yeah, because. Um, well, first of all, the Nuggets are going to have to achieve more team success than they have. Okay. And playing in the Western Conference Finals, that's nice. But in this wing of the conversation, there's going to have to be more. But but when you start mix, mixing in a second MVP, you're bringing into the fold the criteria that literally no one else in the history of right. Denver sports has. So while he may not have the team success yet, and I believe they're going to play in the finals. I don't know if they're ever going to win a championship, but I, I feel in my in my gut that they're going to play in the NBA finals in the next three to four years. Man, and if that happens, I think the individual success and the potential to be a top 20 player of all time, I, I think there's a pathway yeah. for, 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 for his career to end up that way. So I'd be curious if we were to fast forward time, what it looks like in, in a few years. Yeah. So and, we're pa- oh, go ahead. And like, I also think that Jokic is having a legitimate like cultural impact on Denver. Uh, in terms of growing the Nuggets, especially as more and more young people come here, you'll you know you'll see this here at the bar over the next month or so. At, when when the Nuggets are in the playoffs here, it's a super young crowd. Right, you know, it's yeah. a lot of people my age and younger that come and watch the Nuggets, and that to me is like people are coming to Denver. Obviously, the NBA is more popular in young people now than ever before, and and it's growing with young people faster than any other sport. And I just think that Jokic being here at this time when Denver is growing at this rapid rate is changing the way that the Nuggets are perceived in Denver. I I hope that um, where I wish, and I don't want to get too negative, but um, that should be growing with the older demo too. Mm -hmm. And it's not. And I think that uh, we know why. Who's (laughs) who's more apt to stream a game, a young person or an older person? And I think that, um, man, I, I just... I just am constantly hurting my neck from shaking my head at the, the last one, two the years. The one thing so I will say, though, and push because I'm with you, like I'm obviously shaking my head the fact that this barrier of entry is so ridiculous. But the before the barrier of entry, when they were on TV, Denver was a bottom five television. Yep. Market. So it's like, nope. but that's but that's pre Jokic, greatest lo- player on earth. Uh, yeah, before he wasn't <laughs> one MVPs. We definitely missed the two MVP years. Yeah. And you're right that momentum with Jokic for whatever reason was slower to catch on. Like even yeah. he had a great 2018 and people were still If it is fourth slow. at MVP, right? Or fourth yeah, or fifth? Third, fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he should have been third, but he was fourth or what have you. And that was, I think, the last season that, that we were got to saw, see him. Golly. So, it's yeah. crazy, dude. Um, so I think what we settled on here is that Elway, we all agree, Elway and Sakic, I think we all agree on Wah. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's a fourth spot open. And we Terrell Davis, could you go Peyton Manning? Jokic? 
Jokic is knocking on that door, if not there already. And then you've got guys like McKinnon, Forsberg. I don't. Von Miller would be the other one that I would throw on there that you could you could make easily make a case for it. Um, those are the guys. I think once you get to like uh, Walker and Helton, I think it, I think those guys are another tier below. What's really interesting is we don't mention Champ Bailey. That's a Champ first Bailey. ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. but he didn't have the success. But we do mention TD. TD, not even close to a first ballot Hall of Famer. No. Yeah. And Vaughn will eventually, in my opinion, be a first ballot he Hall will. of Famer. He will. He will. Um, so that, I think, has to play a role, too, as much as I don't like the whole Hall of Fame conversation. Um, I think that has to play a role. He you know, he has the Super Bowl MVP, he has the Super Bowl, and he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was on the all-decade team as well. Yep. He's one of 10 defensive players to ever win that Super Bowl MVP that you just right. referenced. I mean, it's rarefied air. He's a Broncos all-time sack leader, uh, one of the blue blood organizations in the NFL. So I think there's an argument for Vaughn, but it's it gets more complicated, you know, once you start getting down those listed names. Larry Walker, I mean, he won an MVP. He is a Hall of Famer as well. The only. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the only. But again, once you really start to parse through it, can you really put Larry Walker yeah. You know, over a Von Miller or over a Peyton Manning or over a Terrell Davis. I'll, um, put, I'll put it this way. To me, it's very simple. Now, this isn't his only path, but one ring, Jokic is there instantly. Like, there's just I agree. Nothing. I agree. An it's NBA title is just like, yeah. I mean, it's been 55 years. Yeah. They've right. never made the finals. Like, you win the championship. Like, to me, I, it, it's harder for the Nuggets to win a, a championship, I think, than just about any team, maybe outside of the Rockies. Yeah. The Rockies, Agreed. A, a World Series Agreed. would be equally, if not harder. So, Which is why it hurts so much that they almost lucked into one. <laughs> yeah, it's so and true. like we would have just been able to have that forever. And really now we might magical. never get one in my opinion. Let's, let's move on here, though, because I want to talk about this Nugget season with you, Zach. And um, my first question, because I know that you've enjoyed the Jokic era. I know you've enjoyed the Jamal Murray all this era. Did you enjoy this season? You know what, man? I'm, I'm glad that you asked that question. Um, when you take a step back, the Nuggets actually accomplished a lot this season. So I so agree with you. Dude, so so here was the moment for me. It was like three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was, when they said, uh, yeah, the Nuggets won the most um, road games in franchise history. And I was like, wait, they, they did? You're right, yeah. <laughs> um, why hasn't it felt this good? And <laughs> it, it's, it's like... Uh, I don't know, man. It's like trying to celebrate something when something bad happened, you know, like right. the day or week before yeah. that was important to you or your family or something. Like this entire year um, has felt like, well, I've been calling it the season before the season it's mm. ever since game 10. I, I just, I couldn't reasonably forecast the Nuggets accomplishing the goals that they set out to after the Aaron Gordon trade. And I never realistically thought they could get there. So right. despite an MVP season, despite... Um, you know, winning 48 freaking games, going over their total that the uh, Vegas set out for them. Um, it just never felt that way because I've been trying to move away from this cloud that keeps following our, our picnic. And it actually sucks, actually, um, if I'm being frank, because I don't think we're able to enjoy Yoke to right. the degree that he deserved in such a rare season because it's always like this yeah, but thing. Right. I'm going to disagree. Um, and it's because of Jokic. I tuned in every night with no other expectation of Nicole Jokic might do something really dope tonight. And then he just did yeah, it yeah. so many times yeah. that like, I got, I got a lot of enjoyment out that, out of that. And I've said, Nicole Jokic has become my single favorite Denver athlete to watch ever. Yeah. Well, and it's be like, you, he's so reliable. Like, he is. if you buy a ticket and you go to the game, you got your money's and worth. And you go to watch Jokic, 
he never disappoints. Yeah. Dude, which is so crazy because if you go back to just the 17-18 season, that was the thing that was missing from right. Jokic. It was like, yeah, yeah we know he can do a triple-double against the Wizards on a Tuesday, right. but can you do it on Thursday and then Saturday? Not necessarily a triple-double, just getting your money's worth an NBA superstar. I actually think he's – I don't know who's more consistent than him. No. I honestly mean that. Like, I think Giannis – even Giannis has – he has very few bad games, but I think he has more than Jokic does. Like Jokic just doesn't have bad games. Well, we were just talking about the Peyton Manning era, how yeah, it was like shocking yeah. when they didn't win. It's like right. when Jokic has a bad game, when he scores like 18 points, 8 rebounds, yeah. whatever, and it's just like, yeah, it's that was numbers. weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was really weird. Jokic didn't look like the he's, best player on the planet. And he still shot 70%. You're yeah. Like, why didn't he just shoot yeah. five more times? Right, right, yeah. right. And you th he shot 70%, and you think about, or like, you think about the ones that he missed. You're like, oh, he missed that like little jump hook. He never misses that, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. It's almost you expect him to shoot 100% from the field every night and have a triple-double. Right. It's funny the way you phrased it, though, RK, is because you said, like, you would ne like never thought about not tuning in. That's the thing is, like, for me, I guess I took that for granted. Even you saying that made me realize I took it for granted. I would never miss a Jokic game. I know that's crazy. I'm obsessive, right? I'm a Nuggets guy. I'm covering him. When the Nuggets, if the never, it didn't happen this year, but if the Nuggets are on and I just have a prior engagement or something, I have anxiety. Like I'm missing, no. I'm missing some, I'm missing greatness right now. Like I am, whatever I'm doing, my attention is miss is not on this great thing. So for me, it was assumed I would just watch these games, even if I knew, as you're pointing out, that the ultimate goal was probably out of reach. And I think this is wherein lies the frustration of the season, where our wires get crossed. I'd argue with people in other in the media four or five years ago when they would talk about the Nuggets either being irrelevant or not competitive or this or that. I'm like, yeah, they're not competitive, but you have to understand it's a slow build. Like they got a young guys. The season is exciting even if a championship isn't the goal. This year, you could say that same thing, but it's not the same thing. It's not, and 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 that's why I almost felt a little bit guilty sometimes because it felt like almost empty calories. Like yeah. these games are nice. This this incredible run is so worthy of our appreciation. But ultimately, the dinner that I was hoping was going to be there, I know it's not. Right. Yeah. I know it's not coming. So a, a, a lot of, um, you know, it was like temporary fulfillment that got us to the next game because uh, this big, you know, this big goal um, isn't uh, in yeah. focus anymore. What did you learn about the Nuggets this season? Before you answer that, I want to give a quick shout out to... DraftKings Sportsbook, oh. <laughs> got to get that in there. Uh, wow. DraftKings Sportsbook, bet five bucks this week, and you don't even have to win. Uh, you just have to play. Like, all you have to do is just play along. Bet five bucks on any of the play-in games, uh, and you will get $150 in free bets just for playing along. Get that account started. Then put all $150 in free bets on the Nuggets to win the just series. Just bet on the Bucks to beat the, <laughs> to beat the uh, Bulls. That's you the know, safest yeah, bet there is. They're you know what that number like is? Drum. You know what, what that number is? Guess. I would guess, man... But for just an outright series win or for the outright uh, series win minus 900 minus 1600 1600 oh. yeah i mean you want to win a hundred dollars i was gonna say <laughs> take out one thousand six hundred dollars it's also the easiest bet like it i is. can't wrap my head around the things that would have to happen for the bulls but to win this is one. where people take out like a quarter million to yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. win 58 yeah. grand the next thing you know buster douglas is knocking yeah. out tyson uh, i was gonna <laughs> say i hope someone does that just to mess with the universe <laughs> right if drew holiday r falls into Giannis's leg oh, like, God, breaks his wood. back on Giannis's knee like okay he took out two that's the but only even then we saw Giannis's knee go the other way yeah. last year, and he was like <laughs> right. clapping He's stuff fine. off the top of the glass the next week. Anyways, DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, use the code DNVR when you sign up. Get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bit match. Each $500. Deposit bonus cards to 25x. Playthrough restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, shout-out to Breck Brew. Uh, Adam, what's your prediction on how many Breck Brews will be consumed tomorrow at the bar? 
Man, if I was setting a line on this, there's going to be 400 people here for roughly three and a half, four hours. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say 2,000 Breck yeah. brews are going to be consumed. 2,000 so Breck awesome. brews going down here tomorrow. We're also even going to have... I like, can't wait, man. Tomorrow's going to be... Dude, Unbelievable. I, I like I, I'm a, I love Friday nights, but I'm like I just got to get past Friday. So I, I know get to Saturday. I know Saturday is gonna be unbelievable. I'm gonna get here at like noon tomorrow. So we're gonna have beer tubs in the bar because we know there's gonna be so many people. So multiple beer tubs throughout the bar, making sure that you guys can get your breakfast brews nice and fast. And if you're not coming to the bar tomorrow, or you're just looking for some beers tonight. Go check out uh, the beer locator on Breck Brews website, Breck, breckenridgebrewery.com, and you can find out wherever the closest Breck Brews are to you. So I've got I've got a little good company here right now. Let's do the guys. It's a good way to kick off the weekend. It is a good way. This is like it Cheers. tastes like spring. Cheers. Um, so here's so back to the question here. What did you learn about the Nuggets this season? Was there something to be learned from it? Hmm. Um, the one thing I'll say about the Nuggets, I don't know if I learned this, but maybe it was reinforced of um, the grit of the roster that Tim Connolly has put together. Mm. Um, I think that if you if you asked um, Aaron Gordon to play over his head for three weeks, or you asked Austin Rivers to play up two spots in the lineup for three weeks, like we all can like overextend ourselves. I do a three-hour radio show every day. If you asked me to do four hours for the next like three weeks, I'd it's okay. Um, an entire season asking every single person on the roster to play a role that is not naturally theirs. Right. Um, I was just. Jokic is incredible. Jokic is amazing, but you don't get to 48 wins without, you know, uh, the 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 roster without Bones Highland. You know, which may be, you know, my biggest right. my, my biggest takeaway of the season is Tim Connolly. Goddamn, he did it again. <laughs> 26 pick out of VCU. Every time, like, dude, every it's time. it's insane. Yeah. When it's, he was here, I told him that, and he said, "Eh, lucky." <laughs> I mean, of, of, of course, of course, that's who he is. But 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 I'll say that like. These guys are not in the roles that they should be, and on a night-to-night -night basis, it could be frustrating to watch. Yeah. But I had to like recenter myself, like, yo, that's not who that guy is. They're asking him to do something that's not naturally within his skill set or wherewithal. Um, so I think the others, the quote-unquote others, um, deserve like a tip of the cap. Yeah. What about you, RK? What did you learn about the Nuggets this year? <clears throat> hmm. I learned that. I like that you really were just around for the ride. You're like, you know, I wouldn't pay it. Just having fun. I, I, that's truly how I, like, I really was just like, I hope Jokic does something special tonight. And then, yeah, he like, did every single time. Multiple times a week. Yeah. He did. Um, I, I don't know. I learned that when you take two of a team's three best players away, it yeah. makes depth a massive issue. Right. Because the guys who are supposed to be your good depth guys have to be your good starters, and it created a massive problem for them. They actually were able to quell it for a little bit in the middle of the year there, and then scarily it really re reared its ugly head you know towards the end of the season there and that is my single biggest fear is like i i constantly ask myself can Jokic play f just 48 minutes I know, tonight I like know. is it possible yeah. are people are basketball coaches overthinking this and you can just play <laughs> Jokic the whole game in a playoff run yeah. and just try to make it work they like, get tv timeouts yeah exactly. come on bro you actually do on the abc game you're gonna get a lot of timeouts i think he's gonna play like 42 minutes or something i think he might too, i'm taking the overs on all of his uh, on the stats? rebounds for sure Everything. really i'm taking the over on they could set it at 
13 and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half. Is it, is it 14 really? and a half. Well, damn. Well, no, I'm still going to take <laughs> it. I'm taking it too. I'm taking hey, it too. Now, I know Draymond didn't play against him, but he averaged 16 rebounds yeah. against the Warriors uh, in the four games this year. Draymond, and Draymond's tough. His major minutes, I think he's going to pull down 17, 18 boards. I mean, there's a lot of basketball stuff I learned. Denver has to be better defensively on the perimeter. That's one thing you learn. But if I like to zoom out from that and think big picture, there's two things. One, I mean, we learned even more that Jokic is that guy. He got better. Oh. He won an MVP last year, and he made it definitive this year. It's he incredible. had a runaway MVP last year, and he's going to have a runaway MVP this year. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Yeah. Nobody wanted to vote over him second time. Nobody came into this season saying, hey, we want to give it. Especially they, not the sports. They wanted not to. Yeah. He wasn't in the top five. So. And, yeah, and, and yet he's going to win it by two or three to one margin over yep. the next closest guys. And by the way, this was an all-time competitive MVP race, and he still did it. So that's one of them. But the number that's the number two thing I learned. The number one thing, though, just how fleeting it is in basketball. Like, we go rewind two, three years ago, and you talk about we just made the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. You would think about, like, oh, man, they're going to be back. They're going to be doing this. this two years. Beginning. Two years. Two years, all of a sudden, feel almost punted. Nobody's fault. I know. But they almost feel punted. And it just makes you remind, like, if we sit here and say Yoke's 27, he's going to sign a massive contract. He's going to be here for five more years. Okay, that's five more chances. Odds are, I hate to be the, de- the, the guy here, Odds are one of those five years is going to be taken from the team in some capacity. Yeah. Some capacity. And he's been healthy. That's what I mean is somebody gets hurt or yeah. you just you catch a super team in a year where they can't lose just yeah. for some dumb reason or whatever happens. Like, so it's just fleeting. Like We sit here and as much as we can say that you're set up for success, you just never know what's around the corner. And that's the thing that I think – I hope the team takes a – to heart in a way maybe they haven't even in in just this last season you want to know what helps me sleep at night what's that how old was mj when he won his first 27 how old was lebron when he won his first 28 yeah, yeah right there so this the We're window right here, has yeah. only just begun. yeah it's so true you, you know it's 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 a fickle thing with sports and the assumption of windows and right. you know who came to my mind and it's not a congruent example but i think it's worth mentioning because i remember after the chiefs won their super bowl we came in the next day, and Stokely and myself, um, we oh, said, if yeah. you gave Mahomes, I said, because you got to remember, he was the pre-snap penalty away the year before right. in the AFC Championship game. So they were right there on their doorstep. Next year, they go and win it. And I said, if you gave Mahomes um, three – this sounds so stupid right now, but I'm gonna say, I said, if you presented Mahomes, he, here's – Three Super Bowls. Guaranteed, that's what you'll get. Yeah. Guaranteed if you sign it, but yeah. the hope of nothing more, does yeah. he sign it? And we both said, like, nah. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. there's no way. That core is now been broken up. Travis Kelsey is now 32, yeah. right. and he's got one. Yeah. And it's I know they've won one, but it's still and like... things just happened. Like, some you, of it was stuff out of their control. Correct. And you just, you have these assumptions on what's, yeah. you know, what the future holds. And that's for all of our lives, by the way, too. It's like, right. you just don't know. Yeah. It's, I think Denver is probably being smacked in the face with that. I think Denver is – the Nuggets and the Tim Conley era have looked at it of a let's have a long window, yeah. not necessarily a wide one. And I wonder if how they'll approach this offseason if it's like, hey, let's go for the widest possible window in 2023. Mm. And let's just – and what, what things like – What does a, that look like? Bones Highland, Zeke Naji. Like you look at those guys, they could be great players for you for years to years to come. Or – they could be one really good don't player, and right. then you're kind of back to square. And, and honestly, I don't know what the right answer is. I love Bones. I want him to stay around. You got the yeah. Bone shirt on. Like, I, have, I love I'm about Bones. to have three Bone shirts in yeah. my closet. <laughs> and if there was a fourth one coming out, you'd buy the fourth yes, one. Like, yes. That's the thing about it. He's so great. I'm not advocating for them to trade. I just Those tough decisions that I think were easier two years ago, you're kind of hit with the consequence of, hey, man, sometimes one year is all you got, and if you can push it all in for that. You want to know, Adam, I, I just asked the question, like, if you're a team like the Nuggets, and you've never won one, don't they profile as a team like the Toronto Raptors did three years ago and said, 
we're going right. for this one thing and yeah. we're going to try and and you're going to deal your all-time leading scorer right. and you're going to bring in Kawhi as a rental and they did it and when you do it and you cross the finish line you never apologize for how right. you did it and um, I wonder if those questions and conversations are legitimately had. Everybody, every team had. thinks that they're the Toronto Raptors in that scenario though but most teams that do that are the Minnesota Timberwolves that went all in for, for Jimmy Butler sure. and like mm. they barely made a splash. Yep. And that's the fear is like it's not always you trade for Kawhi and it works out. Sometimes you trade for Kawhi and you're an eight seed and you lose in the first round and then he yeah. leaves and you go, well, but, that sucked. But, but what the Raptors didn't have and what a lot of these other teams didn't have is a player like Jokic. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you identify, we have the greatest player in franchise history. Yeah. Do we need almost, a, not like being beholden to him, but like he deserves this. He deserves all the chips right. being pushed in. And, Who's um, the guy? Who's the guy that you would say if you get this guy, the window is so Pla wide. The player's not available at this moment, though. Like these things happen. Kawhi wasn't it's like exactly Harden available. Harden becomes available every few months. Like well, he's not, not James, the guy. It's not definitely not James Harden. So who, it's definitely like, who, not James what does that Harden. look like? I don't I know. Zion Williamson maybe becomes <laughs> available shortly. But I wonder if it's like, it's not a name like that. I wonder if it's like. And I don't, I'm not saying this is the answer. I'm just floating out like right. a concept. Like if it's like trading for Kevin Herter. <laughs> and it's yeah, like it's yeah. like yo like like Denver needs like a a no nah, I'm yeah. a Kevin Herter guy but, but I don't know because we're at the game together but it's like yo 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 the Nuggets need a knockdown shooter yeah. they need an accent they don't need a new axe yeah they yeah. don't need they don't need a machete they need like maybe a scalpel to go alongside Yoke and um, I trust Tim Conley to find those guys though like Tim Conley is really good at finding the Kevin Herters of the world I mean Bones yeah. Highland is one of these guys like but Will why Barnett haven't they found a shooter though in years. Well, Michael first Porter of all, they Jr. have two shooters. They're just both hurt. Like yeah. any team you yeah. took away their first and second best shooters, you'd be like, why don't they have shooting? Sure, so sure, sure. Part of they me tried is to get Bryn Forbes, and all of a sudden, Will Barton's a better shooter when the fourth best wing defender is guarding him, and he's open a lot more, and he's making his open yeah. three. So, I, I I trust that those parts. The question is, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, are those your guys? I think so, but maybe not. And you just have to decide quick about, hey, is this. Or are we going to wait for Michael Porter another year to kind of come along? And we're going to wait for Jamal another year. Like Those things will be tough. We're Bones Highland. Are we going to wait another year? I don't know. If you could go, and let's say Bones makes a big leap in the offseason in terms of just his overall game. If you could go Bones, Jamal, AG, MPJ, and Jokic all Shoot. on the floor at the same time, like how, how do you possibly defend that? Well, yeah, but who do they possibly defend is the well, flip side mm. of this. I mean, it's and a, that is these are the tough questions. Like, honestly, when Drew Holiday became available, this was one of the things I, yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. He's just offensively this, offensively that. And now you look at it and you go, Yoke makes everybody on offense 10% right, better. Right. And then defensively, Drew makes everybody 30% better. Like that. In hindsight, Drew Holiday's not nearly as sexy as Jamal Murray or even a Bones Highland. Just when you talk about the fun, pure adrenaline. But would he shut down if we were if he was on the Nuggets right now and we were going up against the Warriors? You'd be like, oh, Clay or Steph's going to have a rough series. One of those guys is going to have a tough series because we got Drew. You're also going to feel pretty good against anyone if like every possession ends in a Jokic. A uh, paint attempt. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray three. Uh, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. three. Or For a, sure. A, a AG dunk. I want to. I want to move on though, because there's another conversation I wanted us to have real quick, and I think about this a lot. The NBA, I wonder if it's becoming more niche or not, or niche. You know, like if people are, it's hard for the casual fan to be captured. I, I just wonder. Like you see some of the ratings numbers or this across the board. I wonder what the audience looks like. And it made me think about which leagues right now, in your opinion, five, ten years from now, we're going to consider more fun and which ones are maybe losing their fun value to it. Um, and I have my takes. RK, I'll start with you on this one. Which league do you think is increasing in fun? 
This is like a subjective thing. I'm not asking you what the numbers are saying. Well, I, I'm going to say the NFL right now is actually increasing in fun. Um, and, and maybe this is like the football guy thing in me. But I think the NFL looks at the NBA, which I know the NBA is going to be talked about here. So I'll go a different direction. I think the NFL looked at the NBA and said, we need more drama. And <laughs> Jeez. they're getting it. God, I hope they are getting it. Look at the drama of this yeah. NFL yeah. offseason. It's, it's incredible. Every yeah. week there's something crazy happening. Russell Sports Wilson wants out. Now guys. he's in Denver. <laughs> really like, uh, you know, Tom Brady retires and now he's back and Kyler yeah. Murray wants out of. And it's like, this wasn't, it wasn't like this before. It never was like this. You it was the a, least transient league. Right. You had a superstar quarterback. He was there for his career. Yep. Now all of a sudden they're moving around and guys in the, the, the player empowerment stuff has really bled over into the NFL. And these guys are saying like, I want out of here and, and getting moved to Sean Watson. Like it is unreal the way that the the NFL has been able to create more drama. And I truly believe this was like an operative. They're yeah, like, we need so, more uh, drama. Wow. And they're getting it, and it's making it more fun, at least from an off-season perspective. And obviously the NFL is just went on the field. The, you know, the product's amazing. I don't know if the drama part – we'll see how it plays out. I will say this. Ten years ago, we thought that when the decision happened with LeBron, I know this conversation happened as well. I was like, look, man, I know a lot of people are unhappy, but it's better for them to feel some way than, than to not feel at all. And you fast forward 12 years, and I think the NBA has lost a lot of people with this, like, player movement and just the it's gone so far in one direction that I think some people are like, who, what, what team is going on? Arenas are now different. So I'll put a pin in that because you're right that there's a lot of drama, but there's a blowback when there's too much drama. And I think the NFL has done a very good job of making the sport and the game the centerpiece in a way that the NBA has not done a very good job of. For sure. So I we'll just see think, how they balance it. I just think the NFL is just adding new things. Like yeah. they already have the most more games. <laughs> they're adding more games, but they already have the most compelling on-field product. Yeah. They have the best draft. Yeah. Um, they have the best like off-season in terms of somehow there's always some NFL thing going on right around the corner. About. Yep. Yeah. Right around and the corner. And now they're adding this like pl like player movement drama thing too that just like it creates more buzz. And I think it's fun. I I know this isn't um, the perfect answer to your question, and I was hoping you wouldn't say the NFL. I don't know how the NFL can get more fun. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. My, I am a basketball guy. I told oh. you earlier, like nothing has made endorsements in me right. fire the way. I would literally rather watch an NFL game than an NBA game. Really? I, I would. Wow. And and I, I didn't. I would never think even t ten years ago me saying can, that. Can I say playoff or playoff? Let's say it's a playoff first round game, football, NFL, or NBA. Because the, the regular season to me in the NBA one and is done. Like, football. I mean, the drama of someone is going home. Yeah. It's like NBA. You got to beat that guy four times in 12, uh, 12 right, days. Right. And I actually like that structure better because I think it lends itself for the better team winning. But the NFL, I am addicted to the NFL and I was not like this. I did not mm. grow up like this, but as I've grown to like to be a man and I'm like watching their product, just my natural instinct and uh, level of interest, it could not be higher. Yeah. I, what I love about the NFL is that the city and team are still one. And I just think that that's a, such a sacred thing that this is a mm. Broncos town because the Broncos play here. Right. And it's not like a, you know, oh, I'm a Mahomes guy, so I'm not a Chiefs fan. I just love Mahomes, so I'm a Chiefs oh, guy now. Yeah. I don't, Aaron Rodgers comes. I love Roger. I'm going to put my Rodgers. Like, I just love that it's like, no, it's Broncos. We're Broncos. We do a Broncos tailgate. We go to Broncos. All that stuff. And the NFL's done such a good job of making it the team. For, I think the sport lends itself to this yeah. in large part, too. But yeah. it, it's just it's remain.
remained focused on that in a way that I think is very important. I also know you hate the whole like opposing teams fans take over stadium. But the NBA did this to themselves. They marketed the player, not correct. not the team. Correct. And they started that with Michael Jordan. And at the time it worked because Michael Jordan was back then it was like you just played on the team you were drafted by. And you had Kobe and you had these guys and the guys that were changing teams were like Charles Barkley and Shaq. They were peripheral superstars. But what's happened in the last 15 years is that now it's the main guys. Like, totally. These guys aren't, these people you see aren't Warriors fans. No. They're not going to be Warriors fans fan in 10 years. They're yep. Steph Curry That's fans. That's right. And now you go to a Nuggets Warriors game, it's going to look like, oh my God, I had no idea there, there was this many people. There's not. And that's the thing that I think the NBA, it's those chickens have come home to roost a little bit. And mm. that now that players are trading so much that it just feels like a cacophony that you're almost like, I don't even know what I'm watching. Right. Or what James Harden is it. like the perfect example of that. It's like, there's how? no James Harden stands in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, but it, there was, but it just got, it, you got lost control of it because you can't keep following him. Right? Man. And, and LeBron, you mentioned him earlier. Colin Coward had a great quote uh, years ago. He said, um, magic and bird saved the NBA. Yeah. Uh, Michael, he uh, turned it into made a it, dollar, made yeah. it, made it uh, uh, global, and LeBron made it mobile, and <laughs> and we've seen that almost to a degree that probably has passed yeah. a point, and it's, it's really it's too far, especially to uh, the older demographic. Yeah, you know, I think that young kids who are you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, this is kind of just what they know, and they root for their guy, and they're going to get that jersey. NFL man, we just talked about Von Miller being on the Mount Rushmore. If he came in here with the Rams, people aren't going to be happy if Von Miller gets a sack. Like they're going to be <laughs> oh, booing. Oh yeah, yeah, they're going to be booing You're the right. other team. Uh, and it's such a laundry-driven sport. Right. You root for the colors on the jersey. And what I was going to say is that just never, ha- not at least in Denver, you'll never see another team come in and take over the stadium. Yeah, you know. Yeah, right. um, I think it's happened like once before when they were bad and they played the Steelers. I still hear horror stories of like terrible towels waving around in mile high but yeah. it just even when during this stretch of, of bad broncos football you never at least i didn't i never went in the stadium and been like whoa right like there was a, you know a good amount of eagles fans or whatever there's sure. always going to be steelers are the one that i think has a big presence in part because the towel it's the towels like, you yeah. just notice it visually yeah, yeah, yeah visually yeah. but yep. um what MLS? I, yeah, we're doing big four. You know, when we talk MLS, y'all here, I have no freaking <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. You want me to go here? <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be a big one. Like they have to. I like that. Le- leagues and fans, I, I think, have a responsibility, almost a shared responsibility in how well a league markets itself. And this is why it brings it to yeah. baseball to me. Because I feel like baseball, I've shared this take before, I think baseball has been solved largely in that it's it's so easy to have a dumb football take. I can hop on a football and just talk dumb stuff. And, like, I can at least, even if I have a wrong take, I can just, like, position it about, people like... People who make whole careers off. The whole, yeah. whole careers <laughs> yes, out of just is. hot take football takes. And you're like, I don't know, Broncos just don't have a spine. And you're like, what are we talking about here? I don't yeah. know. With baseball, you can't really do that. Like, we've figured it out. It's such a, a you know, pitch-by-pitch pitch sport. There's a math to it, and you can do this. And I wonder if it made it less accessible. That sure. now, like, it's hard just to be like, Dude. oh, I like Bryant because he just has a, a slugger. And you're like, well, he's not really slugging this year because yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't pitch well with runners and scoring pitches. Like, yeah, but he just, uh, you can't do it. I... Oh, I identify with that so much. I like really love the Rockies. Like yeah. I always have. I, I've loved the Rockies my whole life. I really like watching baseball. Like it makes me so happy when they start four and one because I'm like, oh, they're gonna be at least be relevant for like a little while here. Um, and I could not tell you 
what three quarters of the stats that people use now. Yeah. Mm. And like, I'm this is not an anti-analytics take. Right. It's just an an anti. You're making it harder for me to know what I what I want or what I'm looking for. Tebow was objectively not what. Pe- the people that loved him thought he was like it's just objectively was not but he kept winning and there's a few enough games that you could be like no man he's just a winner and it's like yeah. all right you get a seat at the table for this conversation yeah. you couldn't do that in baseball i just feel like it's too hard to have the the wrong take and try to argue it in this like existential way and that makes it less accessible because you have to like study to be in the club and and to your point yes you're right about that um and that's why you don't hear baseball discussions happening on a national level right, you just right don't hear it. it's not as engaging right. as those open-ended conversations that we can have with basketball and football and, and and i don't think hockey is for the same reason but you don't hear hockey being discussed it's siloed as well a little it, bit it, it is it's very it's very um specific niche like yeah. and and that's the way it's been for years now where if you want a death sentence on right. a coast-to-coast show start talking expansively about baseball or hockey right. i love baseball and hockey yeah uh, but that's just the way it is right now yeah i mean Hockey's the one that makes me the most sad because I adore hockey as a sport. Yeah. Like just watching it, being at the game, it's all like 10 out of 10 for me. And I don't understand how they're so bad at growing it. Because like, I don't know, it, I a lot of people come here and work for DNVR that didn't love hockey, yeah. but there's a lot of like hockey love that happens in this building that kind of ropes people in. And then they start hanging out here and watching the games and like, yeah, here's, you know, raising his hand right now. You become an Avs fan. Yeah. You become a hockey fan. All you have to do is just kind of be exposed to right, it. Right, yep. That's and it. somehow people, they're like really bad at exposing new people to yeah. it. Well, and, and then here in Denver, I mean, think about the sentence that you just said. They have to be exposed to it, and the games literally yeah, aren't yeah. on television. Exactly. That's exactly. so painful. The, the last thing about baseball is just that it's also a bit of a hopeless feeling sport. I know some of these small markets, small spending teams have won in the past, but it's just it, the disparity in what you could spend is just so ridiculous to me that I have a hard time. I mean, we see this in the NBA, obviously, even though there's a salary cap in this or that, it still is not fully fair. But when you talk about a team spending six, seven times as much as you know other yeah. teams in the division, you're like, what are we doing? And also the games don't have consequence. You lose a game that's less than 1% yeah. of yeah. your schedule. And I know I'm not breaking news with you, that, but I think that matters. You see Bud Black the other day said he's in favor of the uh, pitch uh, clock. No. Why not? This is such an anti-baseball thing. Because I just feel like the baseball purists are like, no, man, like wasting time is part of the battle. And so oh, that, yeah, I kind of liked him being like breaking the mold and just being like, hey, man, if it makes the game more fun, let's do it. It's kind of hard to follow, but like I thought we got rid of the shift and the runner at second <laughs> in, in extra innings. I guess that's yeah. coming later. Because like I was like, the, the game went to extra innings the other night, and then I was like, I thought we weren't doing this anymore. Yeah. And then like they're still... No, the shift is not gone. I'm watching them shift on every play. <laughs> That's what I mean. I thought it yeah. was. Uh, we got a super chat here I want to read. What do we got here from Joe? He says, one thing to consider is that Jokic will be more known around the world. Basketball is a global sport. When Jokic wins ships, the world will know. I think this is. there's definitely some truth to that. Like, we have our American goggles on, right? At football, like, where it reaches outside the U.S. a lot less than some of these other things. Baseball, especially. Basketball does. Still on a smaller scale, though. Like we even factoring that in, it's still smaller than what the NFL brings. Just the the punch the NFL brings, especially in the U.S. I I, I think basketball, from a global standpoint, basketball is 
freaking coming, man. Like what they're doing with NBA Africa, it's exploding in these different parts around the world. You're seeing, and, and I, I said this uh, three years ago. Now, I, be, I believe, I believe this, by the year 2030, you're going to have every other player in that league yeah. be from overseas. It used yeah. to be kind of ours, uh, and you'd see that at the Olympics where we'd go flex, and I just, we're, we're going to see the reverberations of... Look at the MVP this year. Look at the look at the finals MVP. His Last name is Giannis four. Antetokounmpo, and and now Nikola Jokic. Look at the top, potentially the top four in vote getters this yeah. year. Luca's gonna come in Jokic, fifth, I think. But yeah, yeah, close. Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and Luca, yeah. and then you know Devin, Devin Booker. Booker right there, yeah. But like that's four the four of the best five players in basketball. And the pipeline continues. There's a guy Victor W. Wambaya or something like that from France, who's like a seven foot three three point shoot shooter shot blocker who's some by some accounts the best prospect since LeBron James who is wow. coming into the draft here in two years so it only gets bigger and bigger before we get out of here I had a couple this is the last thing we'll do before we get out I before got before we do oh, your last you want to read thing, these yeah. ones before we get to the I'll final get, segment I'll get a, my first time hosted this one you're yeah, doing so, pretty yeah, good man so, <laughs> a little clunky on the ad reads here he doesn't put the ad in Adam I'll say <laughs> um, I'll just say, uh, I gotta say this we were talking about you know how it's so it's so difficult to watch the Avs and Nuggets there's a solution out there Avaca TV oh man uh, it's a streaming service. Love these guys. You hook up to your TV. It's very cheap starting uh, $25 a month plus a receiver. Let's go. $25 a month. <laughs> I'm currently endorsing Avaca. Yeah. Plus, we're all Avaca yeah, Let's go. Look at this. Um, plus, you can get $10 off your first three months when you go to Avaca TV slash DNVR. Uh, so check it out. It's the way to watch the Avs and Nuggets. I've had a couple people DM me being like, oh, like, I, I got my dad set up on this. He hadn't watched, you know, the Avs in years or the Nuggets in years. Like, yeah. It's really cool. It's an awesome product, um, and it's only growing. So check out Ivaca TV slash DNVR. And lastly, I don't know if you guys have noticed this glow that I have. It's not just Oh, my God. What is it? Can you tell me? Athletic Greens. Is that what it is? Wow. Got the, I got the AG glow You're looking going. a lot more athletic, athletic for sure. Glow. Uh, go to athleticgreens.com slash TDSP uh, to get – hooked up with your athletic greens i'm telling you i actually like the taste uh, a lot of people a lot of other people do uh, my trick mix it in your cup one ice cube Just yeah one ice cube chill it down a little bit uh you get all of your greens your fruits your vegetables all that stuff all in with your athletic greens it's great for your gut health it's great for your skin and you too can have the AG glow. Mm. All right, I got a couple quick videos for you guys. I just want to know, do you approve or do you not approve? This is very simple. We're just trying to like, we're going to be the judges of sports here. First one up, Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is going to steal second, oh you guys. Oh my goodness, I saw Let's that. Stealing third. There, yeah, stealing third. third. Here he goes. <laughs> oh my God, he just... He was so, look at these steps, man. <laughs> is that the slowest looking run you've ever seen in your life? Do you approve Pujols? Just going for broke, man. We're just going to try to sneak to third here. I'm going to say that's a no. It's going to be a no for me. I do not approve. He looks like a like beer league softballer that won like a contest. Like, look under your seat. Oh, you're going to play for – yeah, you're going to play in the bigs tonight. Or he kind of looks like like – He's like the bigger dude at the party, like sags his jeans and like someone stole his hat and he's like yeah, running exactly. after. <laughs> <laughs> I do approve. You guys are both. You got this one wrong. You're off to a bad start. You do approve. I, again, what did we just say about the math in baseball? Did the math say he should try to steal? <laughs> it did no, not. not. It did not. But that was awesome. We're not talking about a regular stolen base. We're talking about a field of the vibes were incredible. <laughs> he gets bonus points. All right. What do we got next? Oh, Coach K. I don't know if you guys saw this. Oh, Lost. Yeah. To Carolina, but they had a little ceremony here. We're going to honor him and his team 
got him a, a little a gift like oh, a, a you, you can turn the volume off we don't need to have it you could just fast forward to where they present him with it's what coming. he's gonna look over his shoulder there a it is puppy a puppy first of all do you guys approve of a puppy as a gift hard no yeah disapprove <laughs> you cannot give something someone living that needs your attention multiple times a day there better be like a full-time duke staffer like a legacy staffer at the shashevsky household of to pick up crap. I, that's a weird one. That's a weird one. Like, I approve of a puppy as a gift for your, like, five-year-old child. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You know, it's like barking. You right. got, like, you know, uh, comes out from behind the tree. Like, that's a, that sounds great. Giving, like, an old man a puppy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, so glad you, I'm so glad you went here because I was going to go here. <laughs> like, what There's is a gonna... certain age cutoff where you should no longer buy an right. animal that plans to live to be 15 years old. I, that cutoff is probably, like, 60. It's, it's lower than it needs to be, but it's yes. about 60. You just don't buy anybody north of 60 a puppy. I remember the Rockies, as a retirement gift for Todd Helton, bought him a horse. Wow. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. And it, oh, had, that's a, that's my favorite it had a crazy name. Unfortunately, it didn't live too long, but... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but i thought that was really weird too all right last one i know everybody saw this i know everybody's talked about this but we got to do it together here on this panel the timberwolves big emotional win over the clippers pat beverly who was not given an extension when he was with the clippers despite doing so much this is how he celebrated making the seven seed he hops up on the onto the scorers table you got anthony edwards up on the scorers table you got a shirt coming he's back on those two trips onto the scorers table he takes the jersey off he throws it into the crowd he's going crazy guys this was for a seven seed uh do we approve or disapprove of this level of jubilation i actually approve i think that life is short and if it it means that much to you and that man is getting excited about the minnesota timberwolves he's he lit that crowd on fire but i but i disapprove of anthony edwards jumping you 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 can't be the second person to jump up on the scorer's table you know when d wade jumps up there you let him do his thing you know what here's why i disagree (laughs) pat bev was like the heart and anthony edwards those two guys were the heart they had they had earned the right to go if carlton towns hopped up on there that i would have been like yo you need to just cheer from the floor here on this one but no anthony edwards and, and pat bev they earned that one let so him get up there i got caught up i dunked on pat bev on twitter yeah oh there's nothing wrong and with then that. i went to sleep that night and i realized that i was wrong yeah. um i always remorse. complain about myself not celebrating small yeah. victories enough and this was a very small victory yeah. um but it was <laughs> a very small one, yeah. it was one that meant a lot to him and i was like man i wish i could get that stoked but yeah. i just like clear a little you know like a nice uh road bump on the way to a greater goal i wish i could like pop champagne and jump up and down but i'm anti on the scoreboard at any time other than after a championship no way man get out of here with these unwritten rules get out of here i'm with zach man that we don't. We had the Kobe. Remember when he made the finals? They won the conference finals, and he was all serious. They're like, yeah. "Why aren't you excited?" He's yeah. like, "We haven't done nothing yet." If your goal is a championship, like the, the Suns can have that mentality. Sure. Timberwolves, man, they're not out here to win a you title. Just can't jump on the scoreboard. Yes, you can. You can celebrate. You could jump up and down. The you could jump in each other's hard. arms. I never table. understood. I never understood some of the greatest coaches of all time, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick in particular. Crossing the finish line of the ultimate goal and yeah. being unwilling to oh, of blissfully yeah, smile. So it's just like, bro, like what 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 what, what, what are you doing even living? You're a like this is the now, point. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the point. So I just believe life is so short, man, and uh being an athlete, the the your time span is just just live get your flowers, yeah. smell them, do a victory lap. There's an old Bill Walsh quote about when he retired and he said, At a certain point, 
the wins became worth zero and the losses yeah, were negative the, yeah, one. Yeah, you got to yeah. reanalyze you can't yourself. Be like that. Yeah, yeah, you got to reanalyze, like man. That. Zach, you were a fantastic guest, man. Thank you for having me, man. I, you know, obviously, I've told you, you know, to your face, you know, how big of a fan, and I really respect your uh, your humility when talking about the game of basketball. You have a certain level of humility. You combine the former player stuff. You're not a know-it-all. And Ryan, you know, I love you, man, and I, I just root for you guys, and I appreciate you guys having me here. Hell yeah, man! This was great. True bust a move. A true bust a move. I love that. I hate it. <laughs> Thanks everybody. RIP though. RIP. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to catch Zach, one half of Stokely and uh, Zach and Stokely, and then also the fourth year of the Bio High Hoops podcast. Yes, nailed those ones. Everybody, we'll see you next time.